This is episode 26 of Sunday Scriptures for Patriots. Overcoming America's Enemies with Christian Self-Government. I am your host today. Barry Dermaz is the name. I'm here by myself. Sean Morgan is not available today. And he has graciously continues to be gracious to allow me to come before you on this microphone and bring you the word of the Lord on how to have victory in your life today, which has effect at the, at the for the entire nation, but it begins with you walking in the king's power of self-government. Before we get more into that and unpack that further today let's hear a word from one of sean morgan's sponsors and i'll be with you in just a moment gold is near all-time highs has it reached its peak did you miss the boat no i don't think so the exploding debt change in the interest rate cycle political and economic turmoil have caused the current move in gold and those things are getting worse in fact, Citibank projected gold to hit $3,000 an ounce over the next 12 to 18 months. I encourage you to protect and grow your investment portfolio with gold. I trust Dr. Kirk Elliott with Sovereign Advisors. With over 25 years of experience and two PhDs, Kirk Elliott is the best of the best in the industry. Call his office at 720-605-3900 and tell him Sean Morgan sent you, or just click on the link in the description to get that free consultation. The power of the king's love. That is what Christian self-government is. And without that power operating on the inside of you, you will not Yes, that power of the king's love, you will not govern yourself. Now, before I get into today's content and actually a, a bit of a review, but before that, I want to encourage you with this podcast program to share the information by simply forwarding these recordings to your family and your friends. And if you are really bold, which the fruit of the spirit i say i should say uh, we read in the book of acts one of the evidences of the sign of the holy spirit is boldness mhm boldness shyness is not evidence of the spirit of god rivers of living water are to come out of our mouths with the goodness of the king's promises <clears throat> And so, please do share this program. And in particular, but of course, this whole program uh, that, that's been going on uh, for several months, this series here on the power of the King's love. I want to encourage you to even go back to episode 24. And I'm just going to let you know that myself, I have been... I've gone back and listened to it myself twice 
since we launched that episode. That was 24, episode 24. And I just need to make sure, for my own conscience sake, that what I'm saying is making sense to you, the listening audience. And so that's uh, how sensitive I am, want to be, to make sure that what I'm saying makes sense. And I'm getting encouragement <laughs> listening to uh, the thing, the things that I'm, I'm sharing, I'm teaching, I'm explaining, <clears throat> and demonstrating. And I praise the Lord for that. So that's just uh, me having to walk the walk that I have. There's some narrow and tight uh, places to go. And sometimes when there aren't or there isn't an encouraging an encouraging word from others, I have found that uh, I have to read. I'll read some of my own writings and I'll listen to some of my own recordings. And I have a vast library of other men's and works that have so blessed me. And I want I said men's, uh, there's at least one woman there too. Catherine Dang. She's in California. She's been one of my history teachers. So uh, history is important. It's it's instructive, but only the Word of God is authoritative. All right. So God commissions men to bring the Word of God to men and to all people. And then, of course, women, if you look at Titus 2, at a minimum, there's instructions there on the older women teaching the younger women and the children. Okay, specifically the younger women to love their children, love their husbands. And so, uh, yeah, that's to say that I do get encouragement reading and listening to some of the things I'm putting out. And I just, you know, bring that before the Lord. But uh, I want you to hear from me today to share this information, even if it's only one person, please recommend this podcast, Sunday Scriptures for Patriots, to people in your life. This is what it can look like for us to partner together and support this work of overcoming our enemies. Overcoming enemies to this nation begins with your home government, and more closely, your own self-government. And so we are talking about the power of the king's love. So today's episode is part three in this series. And I just got to say that as I've been preparing, studying, praying, meditating, I am encouraged, I am empowered to see more clearly myself how vital this subject is to connect love with power. I want to underscore that, that that is the premise of what I'm sharing these weeks, is that love is not, it may be something that you feel first. That is true. You have to come into the the love of Christ. You have to be born again, for one thing. And, And then be discipled, matured. And so if that's not happening in your life, I thank you for being here, listening. I have some listeners who are telling me that they're listening it, listening to this a couple times in the week. 
I have one supporter, that's Ruth Mancini down in Texas. And so, Ruth, thank you for your encouragement, writing me and letting me know that this is helpful to you, that really is helpful to me. Thank you for that. And I uh, appreciate just this relationship building, relationship development, discipleship, and <clears throat> that's what I how I want to frame this to you folks who are listening, is that we need to be discipled. And wherever God is working a work in you, where there's strength and victory, you can disciple that truth of Christ in your life to others, even if it's just one other. We don't have to be have it all figured out in every area of life. We can disciple one another in the areas that God has gifted you and worked a mighty work in you. All right? So be encouraged that there does come a time you need to be teaching other people. That's at the end of Hebrews chapter 5. So I'm unpacking for you the power of the king's love. And our key text, our theme text has been 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 20, which says, the kingdom of God is not in word only, but in power. And I like how it reads in the Amplified Version that that power is moral excellence. And excellence of soul. Actually, it's moral power and excellence of soul. And so if you remember, in episode 24, that was the first episode on this new series on the power of the king's love, I mentioned and demonstrated that since it's not in word only, but it is in power, I made the contrast with you that where there's power in a person's life, that is there's an excellence of soul manifesting and, and being cultivated. But when that is absent, what we have is heaviness, darkness, the ugliness, the satanic nature of a soul that's not redeemed. Or if it is redeemed, it's what the scripture says is carnal, uh, immature, babyish, and uh, you need to be fed the milk of God's word, once again, you can't take the meat. And the milk of God's word includes repentance from dead works and faith towards God. So when we talk about the love of God, we are talking about repenting from dead works. There's a lot of works that we're doing or people are engaged in, and we want to evaluate ourselves. Are they producing the life of the spirit, the life of God, or are they dead? And I've been very clear on this podcast to uh, give you clear examples from my life where I am on the receiving end of many dead works by people who say they know the Lord of life. So on one hand, they're talking, they're saying they have life in them, but when it really counts, when the pressure's on, what comes out is dead works. And that's about the heaviness of soul. I'm going to make available in this podcast, as I have in the previous, on this subject, contrasting excellence of soul with the heaviness of soul with this contextual model, which clearly demonstrates 
where there's evidence for authentic faith versus a counterfeit. All right, so get this. If you haven't downloaded this contextual model, maybe you've been listening to this while you're doing other things and you just simply have forgotten. But I'm going to, here's a reminder access this podcast, this program here on our website, libertyisthelaw.us. Again, that's libertyisthelaw.us. Download this model. This is a phenomenal teaching tool. Print this out and share it with the family. Contemplate this. There's scriptures to demonstrate the counterfeit faiths, the counterfeit loves with the genuine article. Right? And so that's the other point of review is that we want to master the genuine article to recognize enemies to our American Christian way of life. Friends, we are surrounded, with precious few exceptions, by enemies. And the really sobering truth about that is that you could be that enemy. Mm Mm-hmm. And it is my prayer that as... I unpack this material from the scriptures and with examples of what the power, what the, what the love of Jesus Christ looks like from what it doesn't look like, that perhaps you would consider whether you are walking in the power of the King's love today. I, I need you to hear that. Uh true, genuine life of Christ, the born-again life, is the present tense reality that Jesus has living in you today, and it, it is not limited to tomorrow, the future, heaven, all of that which is of the Lord, and yet if you're not walking in the trust relationship of the King's love, that's what faith is, faith, trust, Trust is, is a good word. It's it's uh, for faith. It's a uh, it, it, it's a little deeper meaning there of trusting. That has to do with relationship. You see, and so you could be you could be one of the enemies to our American way of life of self government if you are expressing heaviness of soul towards others who they're whatever they're doing good or evil, we never have, Christians never have the liberty to do wrong, to do evil, right? And when we walk in the liberty of Christ to do good, that is loving people. You maintaining well-ordered liberty of your vessel, of your body, because this vessel is the temple of the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit wants to provide you direction, regulation, control, and restraint. That's what his work is found doing, is regulating, governing you more than others, more than others. And so so for those us as householders, or there's children, everybody in the family has an opportunity to govern themselves when it really counts. And that's when somebody else in the family is getting a little ugly, getting upset, or maybe more than just a little. Maybe there's strife. 
and argumentation. That should not be uh, really going on in a Christian home. There should be love, liberty, harmony, but it will be challenged. It will be challenged by others in the family who don't have the same conviction or maybe not even born again, or it can be others outside the family. But the tough thing and the, and the real world uh, activity to get victory over is in your own home, maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. And so that's going to be about the parents getting clear and dealing with yourselves to do exactly that. And where there may be husbands and wives who are not in agreement on these things, who maybe one is not even born again, regenerated of the Spirit, but you are, well, then bring that before the Lord. You get clear as to what your duty is from the King's Law, the written Word of God, and that you have a clear conscience that you are not overstepping your bounds, but that you are exercising the Lord's power in your life, and just actually just letting others see that, all right. And uh, <clears throat> so today, one of my intentions is we're going to look at what Jesus said about the Scripture on this subject. Again, this this program is called Sunday Scriptures for Patriots, and we want to be good with the Scriptures. And I want to exhort those of you who are listening to this right now to consider uh, how your disposition to the written Word of God, whether you love it or not. Yeah. We have to love the King and the way we love Him. One way, one clear way, one beginning way is you get into His Word. And so what you have for me here is where we are reviewing and repeating foundational scriptures. We're going line upon line, line upon line, and review, because this is what it looks like to meditate on the Word of God, is to come back at it over and over, just like a cow eating the grass, eating the hay. I know they eat grain, but uh, I I don't like the cows that eat grain. They don't produce the purest food. Uh, God has them out there, free range on the pasture, not bringing them their food, but they go out there and get the food on their own. You see, that's a cow that's self-governed. See, self-government is a reality in the created order. Now, of course, in the natural uh, law, it is not a perfect witness, and, and but it is there. Right? It is fallen, of course, so uh, it's not perfect, but it is there. And so, even in the book of Job, Job says, look at the animals and learn. There's, oh... There's all kinds of world-overcoming things to, to learn, to teach our children, and children have a natural love for nature. that God puts that in in uh, children. And if you were deprived of that, get uh, reacquainted with those things and, and uh, teach your children, teach your grandchildren. That's what we're doing as a, as a family here, is that whatever I'm lacking in education, true education of character, that's true education. Look at Webster's 1828 definition of character. Education, and you'll see it's character-based. It's not about academics, okay? You look at all the academics in America, where is that getting us? All the lawyering, all the manipulating, all the politicking, 
all those academics, where is that getting any of us when it really counts? And that's when you're under attack. You see? And people want to control your life. So uh, the academics, quite frankly, are misplaced. They can have a place, but they are highly misplaced when the foundation of character, Christ's character, is not been laid in the child, in the individual. Hence, that's why I'm coming before you today. Hence, that's why I'm pregnant with what is good about our country. And that is, one of the things is America's heritage of Christian character. And of course, the foundation of that is the very subject we're talking about here, and that is love. Clarifying true love, the king's love, not the romantic love. And we can talk about that. I'm not against that. It, but we're not, I don't think we're suffering from a lack of that. Oh, I know there are some. Yeah, I won't correct myself. There are some wives, some ladies, wives, I'll say wives, right, that are um, not getting the romantic love. If that's you, madam, uh, stay the course with your true love, your first love. That will be Jesus, the anointed King of kings, Lord of loves. He has love for you like you'll never know. But you will know to the degree you pursue Jesus Christ, your ultimate husband, your ultimate head even though your husband is your head, wherever he's lacking, wherever he's falling short, wherever he's being derelict in duty, and actually not even on the radar, these things, I know that's tough. I hear you. I feel you. Uh, I've had to counsel my own mother on these things for years. And it's made me more sensitive with my wife that um, I need to seek my Lord. But if you have a husband who's not seeking uh, his Lord and therefore not mediating the romantic love and the agape love and the power of the king's love, you are not lacking any good thing because the Lord is your shepherd and you shall not want. That means you shall not lack for any good thing. So for whatever thing, whatever thing you believe you, you feel you're lacking, just know that this faith is not feelings. It is well, faith is not feelings. That's what I want to say, is that the faith is not feelings. And so if you believe you're in the faith, just be reminded, look into the scriptures to see that the Lord does not require you to live by your feelings. He does require of you to live by faith. And to the degree that you do that, you'll have an overcoming life, a disposition that is full of joy and liberty and not pain and misery. So we're getting clear on the article of the power of the king's love versus the counterfeits. I want to empower you from the scriptures, and we're going to look at a little bit more of that, what Jesus said about it, the vital nature of the scriptures. And so I'm leading up to that as a way of reminder too, in review, in episode 24, I talked to you about the fact that torment is evidence of a false faith, right? First John chapter 4, verse 17 and 18, wherein there it says that perfect love 
casts out fear because fear involves torment. And so whether it's you observing others who are tormented with their speech and their behavior towards you, or perhaps that's you being tormented. I mean, you can ask yourself that right now. Do you feel at peace or or are you anxious? Are you fretting? Do you do you mutter things? Do you fret about what's wrong with everything? It's so easy to slip into that. It really really is. And just hear this from me please as a as an encouragement, as a reminder. I could very much be in the same place of of perpetual anxiety and fretting if it wasn't for 26 years ago being introduced to the providence of God. That's a doctrine of the the scriptures that in, in the founding of America and even in the old world of Europe, the doctrine of God's divine providence was, was, was being taught, but most pronounced, most, yeah, most pronounced was that in the pulpits of America, especially the American revolutionary pulpit, as some call it, that prepared the people to throw off a tyrant. That was King George III. He became a tyrant when he was hurting the people and wouldn't give them a meaningful opportunity to be heard uh, over matters of controversy at law. But torment is of the devil and that should that should bother you if you're if you're a tormented person in any capacity we want to be what Jesus brought to his people and that is tranquility tranquility and that's would be an expression of the king's love is that if the love of Jesus Christ is working in you there's going to be maybe not a perfect level of tranquility but Again, 1 John chapter 4, 17 and 18. Love has been perfected in this. That uh, fear. It's not perfected in fear. No, it's not perfected in fear. It's that... Uh, I got to look at it here. I'm sorry. I'm just... <laughs> I, I'm uh, not getting it in my mind exactly. But it does say here that love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. There's the boldness, right? No timidity for God's people. The filling of the Spirit, an evident, clear evidence of that, is boldness, confidence. And so, verse 18 of 1 John 4, There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear, because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. So hear that, please. People say, well, we're not perfect. We're only human. Oh, that's 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 humanism, uh, to say we're only, only human. No. Uh, <clears throat> God's people are spirit, in addition to their human uh, capacity and nature. So even though we're not perfect today, we are to be perfected. It's all over in the scriptures, most certainly in the New Testament, of this faith life is a life of constant and never-ending improvement, of growing and moving from 
faith to faith, from grace to grace. And that's what it looks like, is that's a perfecting of your faith, is you don't settle for status quo, you don't settle for mediocrity, average. No, that's not Jesus Christ. He is not average. All the false gods out there, Mormonism, Jehovah's Witnesses, and and the like, that's all average. Because you see, all they have is words. All right? And again, the premise of this series is 1 Corinthians 4.20. The kingdom of God, the government, that's what kingdom means, the government of the lawgiver is not in word only, but in power. In that, that power is the excellence of soul. So that's another word we think about perfect is excellence. And I'm really, I am really moved by that, have been for several years, because I have been observing by many people who are in the church, they say they're Christians, and their willingness to accommodate the world order, what I call the evil empire, it really is, just like when Jesus was on the land and he came into the pagan Roman Empire, that that was the evil empire. Nazi Germany was the evil empire. Communist China, evil empire. All right? But America was not established on those evil empires. They said so in the Declaration of 76, where they transferred their dependence on the king in Britain and transferred their allegiance to the supreme judge of the world. So it wasn't a true declaration of independence. It was a declaration of what I've learned from my lawyer teacher, Brent Allen Winters, is that it was a it was a declaration of shifting dependence on a human lawgiver, that was the king and parliament, to the unseen lawgiver, the supreme judge of the world, Jesus the anointed king of all kings. That's that's the founding of America. And I don't care what others say in hostilities, passivity, indifference to that. There are many Christians. Uh, yeah, many Christians. I know many of them. They are indifferent. They're ambivalent to their own country. I'm talking about America which is to say they just don't know. They don't know the mighty hand of God in their own country. They All they can see is the devil working, destroying, and therefore complaining is the order of the day. And folks, friends, family, and kin, nothing changes with complaining. Nothing. And... It was getting introduced to the providence of God. And in there, we see the love of God for our own people, our own nation, and all nations, of course. But I'm not responsible for these other nations. I'm responsible for this nation right now. This is where I am on the king's land called America. And the good news of his government, that's the gospel. The good news of his government, 
which is he wants to come out on the inside of you and govern you more than you be governed by others. That is his good news. That is his plan. That has been his divine intention from the garden to the cross and the resurrection to the final consummation of history upon which he will return. He's going to return and it'll be the end of history. He'll deal with his enemies. But he has commissioned us until then to rule until his enemies be made his footstool. And it will take the power of the king's love to obey that command, to rule. We are to rule, and you're going to begin first and foremost with yourself and your home and resurrect that broken home government into an embassy of the king. That's what a home is, where a man is... uh, ruling under Christ, where a woman is submitting to her husband and thereby receiving the goodness of Christ through her husband, that's what it looks like, is that a wife uh, has her personal relationship with the Lord, no question, if you're born again. But now, you're not by yourself any longer if you decided to be in union with a man. Uh you were and you were under the care of your own father until such time is that you were uh, then given over and you consented to uniting yourself with your own husband not your no longer under your mother's husband but now you have your own husband and trust not your husband implicitly but trust the lord to do good through your husband that's where you put your trust trust the lord that your husband is doing you good. So if you have a roof over your head and your tummy is full, or it can be full here sometime today, uh, good things are are happening in your life. That's how content we're to be when it comes down to it. And so <clears throat> I'm excited about what's good about our country the good news of his government, which is a foundation of love for all people. And so as we fight this fight of faith, we are not going to get ugly. We're not going to get dark as the darkness comes against us. No, that's my testimony to you, and that's my exhortation. That's what I'm bringing forward to you with the Word of God, is that torment is not the born-again life. So, You be aware of that. You may see that in others, and you can help them and exhort them, but if they don't want to hear that and they get ugly, then you maintain the perfect love that uh, you have in Christ. Last week, I had uh, my daughter with me, and we talked about, in 1 Corinthians 13, 13, that it says, faith... Now, what um, mm-hmm. what abides now is faith, hope, love, these three. But the greatest of these is love. And so that is about the greatness of God's love. And I made a an offer to you to get a book right here, His Great Love. I will do that again in this episode. The contact information where you can receive this book free. Upon requesting, 
from a phenomenal ministry in Tulsa, Oklahoma that keeps the works of T. Austin Sparks uh, alive and publishing throughout the earth. This is a gem from on high, and it is it is it is a it is something to just really this man's insight because of his walk with Christ to understand how great how great his love is. It is world overcoming, and so uh, the greatest thing, as the scriptures tell us in First Corinthians thirteen thirteen, the greatest thing of all is love, even though what, at the end of the day, what truly abides is our faith in the Lord, our hope in Him, and our and, and our love. So it's faith that gets you victory today. It's hope about tomorrow. You don't have to worry about tomorrow. I don't have to worry. I got some real egregious things going on around my life, but I have hope for tomorrow, and, and that allows me to stay in today. That's what Jesus says. Just don't worry about tomorrow. Today has enough trouble of its own. Well, with that trouble, you're going to apply your faith to get victory over today's trouble. And that's what I'm doing. That's what I want to encourage all of us. I have listeners now that are writing me, talking to me about uh, relational breakdown strains, and I'm loving that. I'm loving that uh, you're, you're, you're seeing something good here through my life, and that life is my family ministry. All right, broadening that out, that out, my household embassy, reaching out to your home and to say that your home is an embassy for the king and things ought to be wholly different other than what you see outside the doors of your house, outside the, uh, off your property, off your land, your acreage. I, I am hoping you know, there's other Christians that are also uh, getting victory in the love of Christ. But if not, uh, your home is an embassy for the king. You see, that's what the good news is. It's not a preoccupation about meetings and going to heaven. Of course, Christians do meet. Of course they do. Voluntary union. It's it's all over in the scripture. But that's not the end goal of fellowship. All right? That's not the end goal. The end goal is to manifest the love of Christ, the power of the king's love to this planet, to this earth, to our neighbors, to family, friends, and our enemies today. We have the power of to do that. It's get, He's given it to us, and if you see that you don't have the power, then come before him, acknowledge your powerlessness, your the, the sinfulness, and make it right with him today, because today, as the scripture says, is the day of salvation. I want you to consider that, and we're going to take a break right now, a musical, entertaining break, because I want to have, I want to enjoy myself, and I and I praise the Lord that where His perfect law of liberty and love are manifesting, there's all kinds of good things that we can do. We're not all fuddy-duddies and, and whatnot. No, uh, whatever people want to think about your, your faith in Christ, your religion, true religion, is the only answer to mankind. And so we'll talk more about that, I trust. But we're going to hear from Huey Lewis in the news, The Power of Love.
Matthew's Gospel, chapter 22, beginning at verse 23. The Sadducees, who say there is no resurrection, came to him and asked him, Teacher, Moses said that if a man dies having no children, his brother shall marry his wife and raise up offspring for his brother. Now there were with us seven brothers. The first died after he had married, and having no offspring, left his wife to his brother. Likewise, the second also, and the third even to the seventh. And the last of all, the woman died also. Therefore, in the resurrection, whose wife of the seven will she be? For they all had her. Jesus answered and said to them, You are mistaken, not knowing the scriptures, nor the power of God. For in the resurrection they neither marry nor are given in marriage, but are like angels of heaven, God, angels of God in heaven. But concerning the resurrection of the dead, have you not read what was spoken to you by God, saying, I am the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. God is not the God of the dead, but of the living. And when the multitude heard this, they were astonished at his teaching. In verse 29 of Matthew 22, we can lift this out and meditate and scrutinize what Jesus says here to these men who were not correct about what they were saying as to uh, the afterlife and marriage. Jesus tells us, and, and so we know now there is no marriage in heaven. This is an earthly reality, a governmental union. And so he says to them, you are mistaken, or you are in error, not knowing two things. The scriptures and the power of God. I want you to think about what Jesus says there about not knowing what should be known for lack of ignorance of the Scripture and ignorance of the power of God. We're talking about the power of the King's love and it operating in you, you, today. All right? When we read here, when Jesus says, you are mistaken, it's a lot more stronger word than is translated there in the English. Uh, depending on your translation, mine is the New King James, and it says mistaken. But there's a little footnote there, and it has the word deceived. And that got my attention. Uh Mistaken versus deceive, that's, uh, that brings clarity to my mind. That, 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 it's one thing to be wrong, be mistaken, but then to be deceived? Well, what I did is to look into this and confirm. I, I uh, got into some of the Greek there, and in my Bible software, 
And so that word that's translated mistaken or even wrong, or error, E-R-R, it is the word planao, planao in the Greek. And if for those of you who are interested, I'm going to give you the Greek number that's assigned to this word. It's G for Greek, 4105. 4105. So if you have a Strong's Concordance or Thayer's Greek lexicon, there's also, uh, yeah, there's other uh, references, uh, Greek tools out there. And there's what mounts as uh, Greek word study tools. But anyway, the Greek number is 4105. So you can look it up. You can confirm what I'm bringing forward to you from my studies about this word that is translated mistaken or wrong. And it does mean to be deceived, to seduce or to delude, to wander from the path of virtue, to roam from safety, truth, or virtue, to lead away from the truth, to deceive, to be led aside from the path of virtue, and there's more. All right. In fact, ooh, there's one, uh, one notation here under Thayer's of referring to heretics. Heretics. Does that get your attention? It gets mine. This is serious stuff here. What Jesus is saying, that the deception, the leaving the path of virtue, when you don't know, first and foremost, the Scriptures... Here we go. Here's Jesus himself bringing correction when others who also had the Word of God are in error. They don't really know it when it counts, when they're drawing conclusions as they were about whose wife will those one of those seven brothers uh, be a wife to there in heaven. All right. We want to slow down here now and really consider this question. And ask ourselves the hard question, are we ignorant of the scriptures? Are we training as we really ought to be every day? Because as you know, uh, if you know your Bible, and if you don't know it, well, uh, thank you for listening. Thank you for being here. You know who you are if you're not reading the scriptures much. But it really needs to be similar, if not even greater, attitude you have towards feeding your physical body. Uh, do you feed your body every day? Then you have your answer as to how what, what what's your relationship with the Word of God, all right, with Christ according to His Word. It is His Word, and so to develop your relationship with Christ, Christ Himself says here that there's a kind of person that is deceived even unto being a heretic when they don't know the scriptures, when they don't know this second volume of law, and that is this written word of God. The first volume of law is the laws of nature out there in creation. It's unwritten, but it's observable. 
And the second volume is the law of God written. So we have the law of God out there in nature, and then we have the law of God uh, written. And uh, we have here in America our founding fathers, men who we must respect, we ought to honor. It's it's commanded in the scripture, honor your, your elders. Uh, do not remove the ancient landmarks which which your forefathers have set. Yeah. Who, who's out there? Who, who's committing that kind of crime and guilty of that, of removing the ancient landmarks? Well, that stuff's happening out there. There's a lot of manipulations. There's a lot of destruction to our history. Rewriting, revisioning, mani- it's all manipulations. It's all perversion. Uh, but as much as that is true, uh, hell, complaining about it's not going to change anything. But what will change something is you taking possession of the historical record that is there and bringing it forward to yourself, to your children, to your grandchildren. If your children are grown and moved out or you feel like they're just done with their education, uh, just know that I had to start over in many ways when I, I think I was 32, when I got introduced to our founding history and to find out that I have been deprived, I have been robbed of a wealth and depository of the mighty works of God in my own country, my own country. I go through 12 years of schooling, grade school, high school, a little bit a little bit of college, going in the military, nothing there, just pure ignorance, indifference as to what this country is about. Even to the point Christians uh, oppose me, and they can't they can't show me that I'm in that I'm in error, that I'm committing sin. Just something they feel is just not right about me speaking good of this land, this king's land, which is called America. This land that I'm on, most of you are on this land too. There's a few up in Canada. Sean's down in Brazil. And I think there's a few other places, like uh, some listeners in England, and wherever this program goes, which I pray, again, I pray, I appeal, please recommend this material, these episodes, to people in your life. There's a lot that can be accomplished by letting things go. A lot of bantering, a lot of activity that just doesn't work the mighty works of God and replace that wasted energy for doing good things in the jurisdiction of your own home where you have Mr. Householder all the authority you need to correct the deception Jesus said it's error I mean um, yeah it's deception here in Matthew 22, 29, that we can be mistaken when we don't know the Scriptures. All right? We must know the revealed will of God, His Word, His law, His liberty, His love. It's all there in the Scriptures. And so... You want to become, because now if you're born again, you've been, 
you're on the right side now, the side of light. You, you, you're no longer hostile to the Jesus Christ. And what that means is you're now a soldier of the king. You're a soldier in God's army. And the weapon, one of the main primary weapons, the offensive weapon, notice that, is the sword. The sword is an offensive weapon. There are other parts of our spiritual armor, such as the shield of faith, the breastplate of righteousness. That's the breastplate of right-headedness, right thinking. Well, you're not going to get that right thinking without reading, meditating, studying, breaking apart the word, the sword of the Spirit. Uh, so this is a double-edged sword. Mm, it's just, I, I, I'm hoping, I and I trust, I know, I'm speaking to a few, if not many, who are listening, that uh, your ability to handle the Word of God, to apply it to situations that come before you on a daily basis. And that's all I've been doing. And as I said in the uh, episode two weeks ago, that's episode 24, I've discovered how, my oh my, I get in trouble when I actually apply this Word of God to my life in service to my Lord, in demonstrating love. See, that's, and so the devil, he's not just going to cower away. He's going to up the ante. He's going to bring in recruitments and castigate, try to castigate me that I'm not being loving. And people can conclude that. And they they can do it because they're ignorant of the scriptures, number one. This is what Jesus says here. There's a kind of person who is ignorant of the scriptures, and I'm not I'm just not going to be one of those. I am not going to. I'm going to, with the ability, the grace that God gives me, the king gives me, to master. Now, what does that mean? <laughs> well, at least to internalize the word of God so that in a time of pressure, listen, listen to this. In a time of pressure, what comes out is the word of the Lord. And part of that word of the Lord could be, nothing's coming out. I'm just going to be silent. Like my Lord. Jesus was silent before his accusers. Was he not? (sighs) That's how blinding, that's how deep the darkness. When people talk about the deep state, It didn't start up there in Washington, D.C. or any of the state capitals. The deep state, the deep darkness, begins in a man's and a woman's home government. Before you see corruption and the deep state that's fighting for its life for survival, and that's where it's been for a long time, but most especially the last two years with the fraud and the manipulation of health-related things. All of that did not start there. It didn't start in the news media. No, it starts in a man and woman's home. That is exactly where the deep strongholds begin. And that's why when you look at the ministry that God has trained me and brought me into to bring forward to America our ministry, which is called Household Embassy International Services. My family is an international missionary family to America. My father immigrated here from Turkey 
a former Muslim. My mother immigrated here from Scotland, a former Roman Catholic. And I was born in Queens, New York. But all my blood is from overseas. And so I really believe that when I speak highly of America, when I speak of what's good about this country, well, one, I, it's rooted in the scriptures, the source of goodness. So when I talk about what's good about America, it's all because God alone is good. But I, it's rare to find other Christians who will ask me, what do I mean? And, and by that, it, they just draw conclusions. Maybe not firm conclusions, but they do draw initial conclusions that I'm now suspect in their view of me, and I can't help them if they're not lovers of truth, if they're not lovers of people like myself. Uh, yeah, who's loving me? Well, there's a few. I'm, I'm and uh, I know who my enemies are from who are from who are my friends. Right. So it's my uh, getting acquainted and intimate with our Lord, His love, and what He's been doing in this country that has brought me to the place that I am before you today. That I'm not speaking to you about just study for study's sake, things that I've graduated from, credentialed this or that. But I am speaking to you from my walk with the king himself and how when there's nobody around and then there's a thousand on one hand and 10,000 on the other that want to castigate me because they can't stand what I have to say. They can't stand what I'm doing. While at the same time, I am receiving the strength and quickening power, power of the King's love in me to stay the course and to take the next step of obedience. That, my friend, is what it looks like to walk in the power of the King's love. And it is, to the degree, evident that uh, I know the scriptures, right? To come back to what Jesus said there, that I personally, I am not going to be one who's going to be ignorant of the scriptures. And it doesn't mean that I know everything in the Bible. Far, far from it. Far from it. No, it means that I have a love for the Word of God. I treasure it like hidden treasures in the earth. You can read about that in Proverbs chapter 2, the opening verses up to... Uh, verse 1 to 9, right in there, the attitude of a God-fearing man or woman is, their attitude is uh, towards the Word of God. And so, uh, think about your conversations with people. How much uh, is the the truth of God's Word coming out of their mouth? How much of it is coming out of your mouth, out of your heart, Are you putting the word of God in your heart that you might not sin, that you might not be lawless against the king? The king's solution to that is get the word of God hidden in your heart. And I trust there's many of you that are that 
kind of Christian. That you've been hiding the Word of God in your heart and that you're not living a lawless life. We're living a righteous life, a right-headed life, and the key to that is the Word of God. It is the Scriptures, because to be ignorant of the Scripture is to be deceived, it is to be led into error. Oh, and there is a lot of error amongst Christians, a lot. Yeah, a lot. And uh, people are passionate about their error. They really are. They're they're, and they'll cut the relationships off. I've this is what I've said too. You know, a couple episodes ago, and even last week with my my, my daughter Victoria, is people come out with the knives and they cut you off, and they want me to believe they're full of the love of Christ. <laughs> when Jesus said you're to love your enemies, like Jesus was there by his with his enemies, and they they murdered him. Isn't that something? Yeah. That's the love of Christ, supremely, that we take the hits. But these people, they refuse to take the hits. Well, they're not taking hits. It's it's the the word of the Lord. Those aren't hits. Though that's that's food. That's manna from heaven on high. That's victory. The word of God. No, what uh, the devil does through people is the fiery darts, fiery darts, and it says that they don't have the word of God in, of the King in them. They don't. They got how they feel, they got their emotions, they have the subjectivity, they have their humanism, they have their tears. Well, tears are good. Jesus was crying here in Hebrews 5, it's recorded that he was heard for his godly fear because he had vehement cries out to his his heavenly father. That's what it looks like to be God godly, to be having the fear of God is Let's have some crying out to the Lord in your closet with tears. And when you do that, you're going to come out. You're going to be transformed. You're going to be changed. You're going to come out of that a different person. You're not, you've put the dagger down. You've been arrested by the king of kings. And you are now his emissary, his representative, so that your home is an embassy for the king and his gospel, which is a world-overcoming form of government, which is self-government. I'm wondering if you've heard that self-government is the gospel of Jesus Christ. That is his good news. Okay, When you are occupying his land, that's a key word there, occupy. We're not to accommodate. You realize that, right? That Jesus never said to accommodate the world. No, he said, in this world, you will have much tribulation, but fear not, I have overcome the world. Which means, by inference, that when you follow him, you are overcoming the world. You are not accommodating it and apologizing for it, and saying, well, i just like to keep the peace. And I had that said to me by a man named Bill down in Florida, in North Florida, in Live Oak. And here he was, some kind of minister to the Indian tribes around the country, he gave me his business card. We had some times together, some food. I They were in his house, him, 
no, they were in our house uh, at that time, him and his wife. We were at their place for barbecue. And when it came down to it, no, I just keep the peace with the powers that be, with the evil empire. And you see, there is the kind of peace that Jesus says uh, you'll have, you'll keep, and then sudden destruction is coming. Sudden destruction. And I just have to reflect back on the last two years with you. Would you do that? Would you look at what's been going on the last two years in our world and in, in local uh, jurisdictions, the national, federal level, the state, county level? Do you see the destruction of orderly arrangements of authority? Yeah. That's what the kingdom of God is. It is the orderly arrangements of authority. That's what government does. Government does not inflict pain on the citizens that are loving their neighbor. Until you and I can be shown that we're not loving our neighbor, we are free in the Lord Jesus Christ to govern ourselves, not to be governed by others. And I trust, I'm speaking to Christians out there who are in governmental service that for their pride, and I'm sorry to say that, but I'm, I'm hoping there are a few people who can hear, your pride is keeping you from walking in the power of the king's love. You're not necessarily loving the king because you go to a meeting, you have a confession, because again, this kingdom, this government I'm talking about, the one that I read in the Bible, the king, the, the, the government of the Lord Jesus Christ, which is originated, originated in heaven, it is now on the land as it is in the skies. He brought it with him over 2,000 years ago. He'll finish the job when he returns, but he is waiting for us to obey him. And he's not coming back until this good news of his government is preached to all the world. Then the end will come. All right, it's going to be preached. It's going to be taught. It needs to be discipled in one another. And I am just observing how people just back off. Not everybody, but a lot. Back off when I declare the good news of the king's government. And so when Jesus experienced those things, you read them in the Gospels, he says he could do no mighty works because of their unbelief. And he wants to do mighty works. But because of your unbelief, he can't. So what he does then he's, is that he goes about in a circuit teaching. It's recorded there in the Gospels. Teaching. And that's what I'm doing. Is I'm teaching the principles of Christ, the principles of his government. The most pronounced one is self-government as an expression of his love. His love for me, not my love for the evil empire and being governed by them, but being governed by the king himself, the only true lawgiver that exists. So the scriptures, you ought not be ignorant of the scriptures. So come into the love 
of Jesus Christ and love his word. Make whatever changes need to be in your life. Love his word. Get in it. Break it open. Make this move to allow the unnecessary things to fall off your life. And that will take the Holy Spirit to do that. And I I pray that that will happen to you. And so uh, the scriptures, this is Sunday, scriptures for patriots. And so my job here, if I can say it that way, is to help you no longer be ignorant of the scriptures. And let's dig in together. Let's flesh it out. Bring forth your comments and questions. And let's take our country back. And the way it happens is the country in your own home. Just whatever is under your jurisdiction. Your home, your work, where you have authority at work, and your business. And I encourage you to be in business because there you have all the authority you need to disciple others that you have in your business. All right? So let's get clear on the scriptures. And then, so it's scriptures so that we're no longer deceived. We're not being hypocrites. We're not being misled. And then notice what Jesus says. Secondly, in Matthew twenty two twenty nine, he says, You are mistaken, not knowing the scriptures, nor the power of the lawgiver. The power of God. That's what God is. He is, he is your lawgiver. The power of God. And that power, certainly his scriptures is evidence of his power. And there's this is not a book of men, and, and it's it's not even just one book. It's a library of sixty six books. It's a portable library of framing reality that no man can claim the origin of this book. It is of divine origin, divine inspiration, and was penned through the ma- the, the the hands of of numerous men in uh, writing the scripture, but the, the, the tr- what's in here could not have come from the mind of man. It is the mind and will and law of God. That's what the scriptures are. So that is power. And yeah, at a first, that's, that's the power of God, his scriptures. And then Jesus Christ himself, evidenced by his love that took him to the cross to bore our sins lawlessness that he never committed, but that he took on himself. Because that's how much he loves. He didn't say it in word only. He demonstrated his kingdom, not in word only, though he did bring lots of words, and we have them within the scripture. There is his word, so we need not be ignorant of the word, of his scripture, But now it's not limited to that. It is also the power of God in the living person of Christ in you by his spirit. Trusting that you are born again from above. Look down further in Matthew 22. If you're with me looking at the scriptures, and if you're not, I trust you'll go back and look at this after this podcast episode. I'm going to pick up where I left off. Verse 34, it says, But when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, 
They gathered together. Then one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question, testing him and saying, Teacher, what is the great commandment in the law? Jesus said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. This is to clearly underscore what I'm bringing forward to you is that there's nothing greater than this twofold expression of love. One first to our King, our Lord and Savior, and then the other to the people in our life, to our neighbors. And that's whoever comes into our life, whosoever life we come into, that is our neighbor. Here, again, why I'm emphasizing this and and to do this series on the power of the king's love. Nothing else matters if this is not firmly, squarely rooted in our life, and that is love, the agape, selfless, at arm's length, if necessary, type of love. This is the good news. And when this love gets into us, we'll be governed by him. And that's Christian self-government. So, in order for us not to be deceived, friends, hear me. What Jesus said there in Matthew 22, verse 29. You cannot be ignorant of the scripture, and if you are, you're deceived. Your ideas are are, are not your idea. Uh, they're not in line with the king. We need to embrace his ideas, friends, and be addicted. There's other places in the scripture. Paul talks about it in one of the Corinthian letters. He's addicted to Christ. He's addicted to the word. If we're going to have any addiction, that's where it needs to be. And if any of you who are listening to me have an addiction other than the word of God, and you want that to be broken, whether it's alcohol, drugs, sex, violence, cursing, whatever it is. Food. Ooh, how about that one? As good as food is, there are people who are addicted with different food addictions. That all can be displaced. You can be transformed, delivered from that to the degree that you will take and eat the word of our living King, Jesus Christ. Take his word. That is his promise. That is his guarantee that if you become addicted to the word, you will have victory over any earthly sinful addiction. And that's to be addicted to love to Jesus Christ. Not love of this world, but the love of Christ. And when you take on that love, you are taken on God. The Bible says God is love. And the Bible also says about God that he is spirit. So, when we walk in this love of Jesus Christ, hello, look at this. We're walking in the Spirit. It's the very first evidence of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is love. The fruit, or the evidence. The evidence of the Spirit is love, and we have to renew our mind to this divine meaning and expression of love. And we have to do it 
regularly, even unto daily, because we're living in a fallen world. There's so much filth out there. There's so much filth in our mind, in our heart. We are full of cobwebs. We have to be eating as regular as you feed your physical body, as regular as you feed your 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 mind, your intellect. So uh, reading good things of knowledge there for the mind. You must feed on the king's law of liberty. It's, a, it's James says twice. His word is a perfect law of liberty. I emphasize this again because some people are a little adverse to the word law, and that just says right there that there's there's a level of ignorance to the word of God. The law is uh, not sin. Uh, no, sin is sin. People are sinful, but not the law of God. You read Romans chapter 7. It is holy, just, and good. So let's get on with his program. Let's throw the ignorance off. Come with me down this path with our king. Marinate, relish in his word. And I know some of you are doing that. I'm hearing from you about that. You're writing me about that. And bless you in the name of Jesus. Be encouraged. You are on the path of victory in Christ to take back, to take ground that has been seceded through ignorance, as Jesus said. Okay? We don't want to be ignorant. We don't want to be deceived. We don't want to be hypocrites. Let's take the Word of God and the Scriptures, not just here on Sunday, Sunday Scriptures for Patriots, seven days a week, be addicted to this Word, and you will experience increasing measures of victory over your own lawlessness, and, oh, get this, you will experience victory over the lawlessness of others. Now, yes, (laughs) That is exciting, friends, and that's why I'm doing this series now with uh, getting clear on the love of Jesus Christ, because people will say, you're not loving. Well, they are carnal. They are humanistic. I've, I've, I had it happen this week. This week. Don't think I want to get into it right now. Uh, I've, I've brought this forward today for you, but I, uh, I'm experiencing this because that's how this much this country is in judgment the judgment of the king that no that nothing is going well and i don't care how well your job is your money and your bank account notice that none of that has power to affect victory i see money as a tool and uh, we want to use it for good but that money has no power to do anything where it really counts. Now, of course, it does have power to do some things. Uh, um, Scripture does talk about the right idea of money, the righteous view. So I'm not wanting to castigate it, but it is the love of money that is the root of all evil. Right? There we go. It's back to the love question. The love question. And there is no more vital subject to get clear on than this is the power of the king's love. And when you have that power of the king's love, you will find yourself governing yourself in the in his good news. That which is to govern yourself. Okay? And you 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 don't you don't just have teaching and theory, but you have real world experience, you have power, you have it 
manifesting, and then you just watch the reaction of others. To some, the scripture says, we're the realm of life unto life, and to others, we are death unto death. So it's going to go both ways, and that is my testimony, and that will be true of every child of God, is that one will work in life, another will work in death, which is to say, God has made the wicked for the day of doom. Many are called, but few are chosen to be called out of the world order and to be part of the witness group, the subpoenaed, summoned witness group, and give evidence out of your life that Jesus Christ is alive. That's the church, to be summoned out of the world and give a witness that he's alive. And he's alive not because you say he's alive in word only, but he's alive because his power is deposited in you. That's love, is a, a power that it's that no matter how you feel, and I'm telling you, our culture now is so feeling-oriented, it is so sensual-oriented, it is perversion-oriented, and I'm putting a call out. The Spirit of God is moving on me to put a call out to let's come together as Christians, really anointed people of, of, of the Lord Jesus Christ, and put away the evil suspicions, put away the doubt, skepticism, and unbelief. Let's become addicted of Christ by being so thoroughly in love with his word and walk in the liberty where he has set his people free. Free. That is good news. There is no higher good news than that. And so that's what gets me up in the morning and to take care of my family and however imperfectly I'm taking care of my family, I am taking care of them. There, there's a roof over our head today. There's food being prepared today. And we take it one day at a time, trusting in the King's love. And so with that being said, and just to draw this episode to a close, I want to thank those of you who are supporting this ministry I want to thank you for supporting our, our family ministry relationally. That's about communicating with us. All right? If there's relationship, if there's fellowship, there's going to be some communication. Maybe you don't have the means to support us financially or other material things. But if you're there <laughs> with words, which is interesting, we're talking about not word only, but there's the right idea of communicating with our words and numerous of you who are supporters of this ministry are reaching out and I thank you for that and let's keep building with one another in the power of the King's love. There are others of you who are supporting us financially and thank you for that. I uh, would ask that you would consider again share this podcast with others. In fact, uh, if you're able to leave a rating for this program, if you're listening on iTunes, please give this a rating, an honest rating. I pray you will give it a, a five-star rating because I understand that, that, and I don't understand all of that, you know, about people finding, you know, search engine and all that. But apparently when there's episodes or these programs that get um, 
good high ratings that that allows others to find this content that they're interested in. You know, if it's uh, content in the area that that they're looking for. But please, please give us a, um, a positive review so that really uh, we can get this good news out in America and other places. All right. But primarily, America is at a pivotal point, and we are a witness to the world. So uh, please share this. Give it a good rating and share it on your social media. And don't do it just once. I mean, let's let's do this on a weekly basis. As this program comes out weekly, uh, if you this is a small way, but I think it's a small but important way that you could um, help us out and, and share this good news. Be bold. Uh, get with the Lord, be bold, be filled with His Spirit, walk in the power of His love. I want to acknowledge a new supporter, and so Dina Lynn. Lynn Dina, if you're listening from Napa, California, welcome, ma'am, to this ministry. Now, this is, you're, you're hearing me on Sunday Scriptures for Patriots, and this is a joint ministry with uh, Sean Morgan. But the ministry that you have joined, you've recently joined us to be a supporter, and that's Household Embassy International Services. Thank you for doing that. Thank you for your financial contribution, Dina. Bless you. I want to know about your life. If you want to go back into a login to your account there and flesh out uh, your profile, a picture would be wonderful, a little bio. Thank you for uh, leaving your contact info. And... Yes, just want to encourage you there, but to thank you for being a supporter. And for those of you who are not supporters, please consider the 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 depth, the, the the meaning of this content, the meaning of it to your life. If you will apply it, you're going to get victory. You're because you'll be walking in the government of Christ. And uh, yeah, you may have family and friends who don't appreciate it as you're hearing from me, that that is part and parcel. But that is our, our, the true faith. And you're not going to embrace the world and the evil empire thinking you're going to please the Lord. Now, he wants faith, and that's not embracing the evil things. That is embracing the righteous things. His word, his spirit, his liberty. Oh, his liberty. There's so much more to unpack. I, this is it for the rest of my life with my family, to be here with you folks and to do things uh, locally that I'm pursuing i'm looking into praying but globally thank you for those of you who listen to this program and i trust that you've heard something today that is truly helpful and world overcoming and i just trust that you will uh share that share what the lord is doing in your life with people in your circle of influence and let the power of the king's love in you have its free course and let's 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 overcome the enemies to our our country oh our country that's the second great commandment love our neighbor let's love our neighbor in obedience to our king and when we do that we are overcoming america's enemies through the power of the king's love because he will govern us. That's where he'll govern us. He'll govern us in the power of his love.
please go to libertyisthelaw.us. There is other content there. There's ways to support us there. Thank you for listening. I'm going to end it for now. And I'll see you, Lord willing, next week. And we'll pick it up. Thank you for being a part of our Christian self-government ministry by supporting our sponsor. Don't you feel like giving back to the heroes who risk their lives every day to make the world a safer place? I mean, the military, the police, the firefighters, the first responders, they don't get enough respect or gratitude. To think that there are homeless veterans right now, I mean, they deserve a place to live. Well, my friend Lucas is a veteran who was tired of seeing other vets living on the street, and he started HeroSoapCompany.com. He makes natural soap that's healthier for you and your family. He uses essential oils, goat's milk, coconut oil, and if you have sensitive skin or dry skin, it's really perfect. But you can actually get a subscription and get it delivered to your door every month, but the best part is that it helps heroes like homeless vets get a place to live. Go over to HeroSoapCompany.com, use the coupon code QFAQ, to get a discount and check out all the varieties and my favorite one's peppermint because of the aroma the fresh tingly feeling it's really an awesome natural product for your family but while you're there learn about the charities that the hero soap company supports so you can support the heroes support your health support your family with chemical free soap and support the channel through herosoapcompany.com